So if you have your Bible, go meet to Philippians chapter 1. This is where we're going to be this morning. Okay, Philippians chapter 1. Um, so for the next 21 days, you're going to go through the book of Philippians. So I, what I thought would be kind of neat, if you uh, take one of the books that are in the foyer, I thought it would be neat just to kind of give you a little bit of background of the book of Philippians before you start in tomorrow morning at Philippians chapter 1. I kind of want to give you some information. So the theme of Philippians can be put this way, living the Christian life. So as you enter into this next 21 days of prayer and fasting, as you come through the, the Word of God and you think about the book of Philippians, you can think about the theme um, can be you know living the Christian life. This church was founded by Paul in his second missionary journey. I think you can find that in Acts chapter 16. What I think is pretty neat about that is, is that if, if Paul and them didn't go out on their missionary journey, would the church of Philippi ever existed? Would we have the book of Philippians today that we're sitting here? So what's kind of cool is the gospel went out, and because the gospel went forward, the, the church of Philippi benefited. And because the gospel went forward, not only did the church of Philippi benefit, you will benefit this, this week. These next 21 days, if you take some time and open up the word of God and say, wow, this is the book of Philippians, talking about the Christian life. God, what do you have for me today? What's in it for me? What are you going to use to mold my life today? And so because the gospel went forward, what's really interesting is, is I know you probably most of you know this, but when Paul wrote the book of Philippians, he's in prison. So his circumstances in life are not great, but yet what you're going to get a chance to read is, how do I live this Christian life? From a guy that's riding in prison, not from some guy that's sitting, you know, in his chalet on the side of the hill, mountains, going skiing every day, come back, I'll ride a little more, then I'll go ski some more, ride a little more. No, he's going to be an individual that's going to write to you, and it's not going to be dictated by his circumstances. It's going to be truth that he has learned over the years. One thing that you need to know when you come to the book of Philippians, that Paul is, this is 30 years after Paul's conversion. So Paul's not just some new convert that you read Philippians chapter 1, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. He's not a new believer. He's got 30 years of life experiences, shipwreck, beaten, left for dead, plenty, want. And now he's going to write to you out of those 30 years of ministry experience. He's going to pour something out for you in the, in the Christian life. This is how you live. So this morning, as you take the word of God, there's three things that we're going to get a chance to look at. First one, I want you to see Paul's love for the church at Philippi. There's no doubt about that. I want you to see Paul's circumstances. Where is he writing from? How is that going to be played out in his life? Is he going to be the poor me guy? Or is the gospel going to go forward even in the midst of Paul's circumstances? And the last one, I don't know if you can read it very well. It says, Paul encourages conduct that is worthy of the gospel. So I want you to see uh, Philippians chapter 1. I want you to see Paul's love for the church at Philippi. Take your Bible and go to chapter 1, verse 8. Um, and you'll read this tomorrow too when you, or you won't get down to 8, but you'll read this, I think, on Tuesday. We'll get a chance to see Paul's heart for the people. But I want you to read and look at verse, um, verse 8. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. The reason that Paul longs for this church is because they're his partners. 
They got involved what was important to Paul. If you, if you read and listen and just kind of go through the New Testament, and when you see where Paul talks, he loves to share the gospel. If he's in prison, he's saying, God, give me an opportunity. If I get before a leader, give me an opportunity. Not that I would wax eloquent and this be really cool and they would really like it when they all left. No, but God, through the power of your Holy Spirit, would you empower me to speak the gospel powerfully? I want them to hear it. I want them to see. I want them to see where I was and who I am. And can you imagine the guy that had the opportunity, like the Apostle Paul, to stand up and say, here's the word of God. Oh, yeah, by the way, I was the persecutor, and now I don't mind being in prison for Jesus. I was the one that would go into the house and say, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead. Now I'm saying, God, it's not about me. For me to live is your plan, not my plan. I'm pretty sure that most of us didn't wake up this morning and say, okay, God, for me to live is all about you this morning. Let's go. Most of us woke up and said, okay, God, what am I going to do today? God, what's in it for me? Or should be to say, you know what? Because of what you've done for us, here's my life. For me to live is about you. And whatever, God, it's about you. And whatever area, business, wherever it is, God, it's about you today. And saying that, I want you to see something. Go over to verse 9. I want you to see Paul's prayer for this church. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in two things. I want you to see these two things. More and more in knowledge and depth of insight, or you could translate depth of insight for discernment. So Paul's praying for this church at Philippi for two things. I want your knowledge to increase. And I want your discernment to increase. Isn't that interesting? When you pray for somebody, do you pray that their knowledge would increase and their discernment increase? Or are you praying, God, would you help so-and-so? They broke their arms to make them better. God, so-and-so's got cancer, so you just need to heal them. God, so-and-so's struggling financially, so just dump a bunch of money on them. God, somebody broke their big toe, so heal it today. You know, And I know I might be a little bit exaggerating, but you know what we've done over the years? We've done exactly that. Instead of God saying, God, mold and shape so-and-so's heart in the circumstance, we're saying, God, get rid of the circumstance. Paul's not praying that for this church. It's interesting. Paul's not praying and saying, hey, you know what? You guys just live life and enjoy it. Hey, just have it all. No, no. Make them wealthy. No, no. Paul's praying for them. Their partnership in the gospel. You know what Paul says? God, I want you to help them with wisdom. God, give them knowledge. It's interesting. I'll put these two on here. Not, I know I'm talking fast, but I want to get you out at a certain time so you're not here until two, two this afternoon. Knowledge. What does that mean? God, I, wanna, I, want, I want to pray for them. Take your Bible, go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 5, sorry. So turn left in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 5. Look at verse 1. Paul's words to the church at Ephesus, chapter 5. Be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice. Paul grasped that. Paul loud saying, you know what, God? You did for me. You gave for me. I was this. I was the persecutor. 
I was the abuser. I was the murderer. Oh, I had all, I had lots of knowledge. Would you allow the knowledge that you're supposed to be an imitator of God because he loved you affect you today? What you mostly have done is say, well, I go to church, so I need to do this, 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 and this, and I'm a good Christian. Or Satan's tricked you. I don't do this, 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 because I'm a Christian. I do those because my Father loves me unconditionally. And he gave up his son for me. See the difference? And I think at times over the years, we said, yeah, step into our world. It's called Christianity. And we will change your life by the do's and don'ts. This is what you do if you're a Christian. This is what you don't do. No. The knowledge that Paul wanted them to grasp is, you know what? God loves me. So I'm going to act differently. I'm not my own. And so this morning, I don't know where you are. You know, some of you are really excited about being in church. And some of you are watching your watch saying, man, it's getting closer to 12. Let's go. We'll get out of here. Okay? And I understand we have a whole vast of different array of people inside of here. But I hope over time that you never, ever get over the fact that God loves you. And that you don't live your life out of duty. You live your life out of gratitude. Grasp that knowledge. Allow that to sink down in who you are. Allow that to affect us, dads. Allow us to love, not because our kids obeyed well, but because we've been loved. Help us not to get aggravated when they disappoint us because God's not mad at us. So God, we don't find our value in this. We don't live this way. So here I am, God. Here's my life. You see what I'm saying? So this morning as you think about the knowledge and discernment. Another thing that you can think about discernment is, is that there's a willingness for us to examine. God, I need to examine that. God, what is true? God, what do you really want from me? Do we live in a wicked generation, yes or no? Do we? Is the generation changing? Has it changed any in the last five years? Woohoo! Is it going to change any more in the next five years? We don't know how far. But we need to have discernment in our generation and say, okay, God, I'm not walking down that road. That's not what's black and white. You know, when we were at the conference, had the privilege to be with, I'm guessing, 20 to 25,000 college students, Monday night, Tuesday, and Wednesday. It was awesome. And I enjoyed it. The music was really cool, and the speakers were really neat. But what, I, what was really awesome was just to hear, to watch these college students interact with the Word of God. And one person said, it's in black and white. Do you believe what's written in black and white or not? Is it there for a reason? So here's a great question. Another thing besides Philippians. Go to Ephesians chapter 1 sometime. Before 2018 gets too far along. Go to Ephesians chapter 1 and live out of those facts of life. Live out that you've been bought by... Live out that he adopted you as son. Live out in, in, in Ephesians chapter 1 that you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. But you know what's fascinating to me? And it happens to me, and I know it happens to you. There are times that I, I didn't get my parking spot, so I'm ticked off. Or we're going to go we're gonna go eat lunch. And so she'll say, um, she likes the foo-foo lunches. I like lunches where you can walk away and you're still, you know, you're not hungry. You know, like, 
We go to Chick-fil-A. I order two meals because I'm going to leave. I'm, if I don't, I'm going to be hungry. I mean, it's just like, okay, if you want to eat there, you know, we just, I'll order two lunches. It's going to cost us extra, but I'm going to leave full. You know, I'm not going to walk out of here and, and be hungry. But at times it aggravates me. God, why, why do I got to go eat there? I don't want to go eat there. I'll just be honest with you. Because I forgot that I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. So walk in that instead of, well, I enjoyed Chick-fil-A today. My daughter calls it manna from heaven. If that's her manna from heaven, she is hurting. That's all I got to say. Okay? So as you spend some time now, before 2018 gets too far along, walk in that knowledge. Take Ephesians chapter 1 and just dump it on yourself. Say, okay, God, I'm going to walk in these truths because it's written in black and white. It's for me, not what everybody else is saying. That's a whole other sermon I'll keep on going. Now what I want you to see is this. Look at verse 10. This is why Paul's praying. Knowledge, discernment, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ Jesus. So let's walk in those truths. God, I need knowledge and discernment because I want to look differently. The last time I checked, has God provided any other light of the world except the church? Could he write it in the sky and say, hey, I love you? Could he do it? Could he? Could he move a mountain and say, hey, here's the list of glimpse of what New Jerusalem's going to be like. So I'll just move this mountain, give you a little city right here, because I want you to know. Can he do it? Yeah. Why doesn't he? It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility. Matthew chapter 5 is clear. You are the light of the world. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And you will see power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. For what? To watch football? It's great. It's fun. No. You receive power to be my witnesses. Where? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. God radically changed people's lives in Portugal. How is that going to take place? The gospel. So you and I need to be reminded or be aware of, hey, judgment's coming. We're going to look him in the eye. And so what we do here and now, we need to pay attention. We need to be asking for knowledge and discernment so that when the things of this world, so we're not acting like the world, so we don't look like the world. Now, I real, I'm not asking us all to, you know, always wear Walmart outfits so we don't look like the world. All, you know, I don't know where you would go to get anything you wouldn't look like the world. But So we're not going to change our dress. We're not going to change our houses. We're not going to change our cars. We're going to put, you know, Jesus stickers all over them. No, we're not going to do that. What's going to make us to be different? Our actions. We need to act differently. That's how they'll know that we're different. It's our actions. Paul's circumstances. Flip over to, or look down to verse 12. Now, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, what's happened to him, being in prison, has helped me. Um, has happened to me, has really served to advance what? Is that word, is that highlighted in your Bible? Out of all the years that you come to Philippians chapter 1, have we stopped and said, you know what? God had a plan to put Paul in prison, and there was going to be enough spiritual maturity in Paul's life that even though he was in prison, the gospel would still go forward. 
I'm sure he had his bad days. I'm sure he got tired of the food. I'm sure there were certain guards he's like, you know what, I don't want to sit next to you because you stink. Or I don't want to sit next to you because we have to talk about this. I don't know what it is. I don't know who the guards' names were. But when you got chained to Paul, you got the gospel. You didn't get the poor me's. You didn't get me that the food was terrible. My chains have resulted in the advancement of the gospel. What is our life doing to advance the gospel? Ask ourselves, 2018 is here. What will we do to help advance the gospel? God, what do you want from us? And I don't know. I can't give you all answers. I'm still trying to figure it out for myself. God, what do you want me in 2018? Is there something you want me to do different? Something you want me to go different? What, what does it look like? I don't know. But what will your life be? I know you'll have circumstances in 2018. But will you allow your circumstances to advance the gospel? Or will it be about you and your circumstances? Will it be about you and your issues? Will it be about you and your complaints? Will it be about you and your attitude? Will it be about what you and you don't have? Will you say, you know what, Lord? I want my life to be a life that advances the gospel. So open doors for me. Provide opportunities to support things. Provide opportunities, as Dale said, that we would drip on people, that our mouths would be open. Provide opportunities that we would be successful so we not say, oh, yeah, look at me. We say, well, you know, the Lord gave me that idea anyway, so I just want to give the Lord the credit. The last thing that I want you to see, pick it up in verse 27 of chapter 1. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about what you are in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel. I just wonder how many years we would, the Church of the United States of America, what would actually would be a better word to say that we've been contending for? I wonder what that would be. But May 2018, we would remove some of those words and say we're going to stand in one spirit as one man for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that they will be saved, and that, and that by God. For it has been granted to you, to the church of Philippi, on behalf of Christ, not only to be believe on him, but also to what? Does your Bible say that? Does your Bible say suffer? Is it written in black? Then why are we such wimps when it comes to suffering? Why do we complain so much when we don't get our way? Probably because most of us haven't got this far in Philippians chapter 1 and said, wait a minute. Paul's challenge in his church of Philippi, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. He just didn't don a cross that you would believe. Well, that's important to him. But when we suffer, 
people ask questions. Why are you at, what's, why are you smiling? Why is this circumstance overwhelming you? What, what's going on? You're different. What makes us different? Because we're walking in the truth that not only do we believe in him, whatever he puts in front of us, our lives need to be worthy in conduct of the gospel. So as you sit in front of you, Paul encourages us to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. What will you earnestly contend for in 2018? Will it be for life just to be easy? Or when he sends the issue or the situation or the circumstance where where we have to suffer, we have to be moved out of our comfort zone, we say, okay, out of my comfort zone, I want to live my life in, in the conformity of the word of God and I want to contend for the faith. Because it's not about me. As you walk away this morning, you think about living the Christian life. Will you grow in knowledge and discernment? Will you allow the Word of God to say, okay, here's knowledge, here's discernment. I'm not going down that way because it's not righteousness. It's not right. Will your life be a life that says, you know what, Lord? I want my life to be a life that advances the gospel. And if you say that, be ready. Because he will send things our way so that we suffer. Because when he puts the pressure on, that's the really what, when we really get squeezed, we get a chance to see what's going to come out of us. It's your choice. Pursuit 21 is here. You will get out of it what you put into it. But there's an opportunity as you enter into 2018 to say, you know what, God? Here's my life. Here's your words. And as I read them, as you read tomorrow morning, the words that will be in front of you, in front of me, and when those words jump off the page, We would say, wow, all right, I see that. Now will you produce that in my life? Let's pray. Father, thank you for allowing us to gather around your word this morning, and thank you for each individual that's here. Thank you for the reminder of your faithfulness, and you chose to use a fire in Portugal, and we stand in awe this morning. So, Lord, as we enter into this 21 days of prayer and fasting and Lord, it's not about the fasting. It's not about the prayer. It's about our hearts being open to you because that's things are just things. But as we open your word, may you change us from the inside out. As we seek your face and say, wow, this is what you wrote. What, what's for me today? That we will give permission to say, yeah, change me, mold me, rebuke me, correct me, encourage me. Because really I want my life to be advancement of the gospel. It's not about me. So Father, thank you for your word. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would burn it deep into our soul. Not that it's just, oh yeah, it's information, biblical information. We know some more things about Philippians chapter 1. But that would actually mold and change who we are. May we be doers of the word of God, not just hearers. So Father, thank you for allowing us to gather as a family today. We love you, Jesus. Your name I pray. Amen. If you have questions for Lindsay, she'll be here to pursue.